Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here this Easter morning wherever we have come together in your name and we trust that you are here and there and everywhere with us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, preached a sermon a few weeks ago, you know, back in the before time when we gathered together in a school cafeteria for church. I preached a sermon back then about how the claims of Christianity were ridiculous, that they were foolishness, unless, of course, they are true. Today, we have come together in living rooms and in TV rooms huddled around computer screens and iPads, separate from each other, but united in faith in the central, ridiculous but true thing that we believe. That the man Jesus, who died on a Roman cross in full view of everyone, and who was laid to rest in a guarded tomb protected by a giant stone, was nonetheless raised from the dead and then ministered to his disciples and to thousands of other people before he ascended into heaven to be with his almighty father forever. This barren grave, this empty tomb, this Easter Sunday is the thing on which everything else rests. Jonah and the big fish, the parting of the Red Sea, the burning bush, all of it hangs on the truth of the empty tomb and this celebration of Easter Sunday. The journalist Lee Strobel, who set out to discredit the faith when his wife suddenly converted to Christianity, started with the resurrection. Surely he thought he could disprove that. He could prove that didn't happen. And if he disproved that, he assumed, the whole house of cards would come tumbling down. Of course, the book that Strobel ended up writing about his quest was called The Case for Christ because he found that Jesus' resurrection story wasn't a house of cards after all, but a solid rock worth founding your life on. And today is the day the day we celebrate this story. But it isn't really, is it? This may be the day that we tell the Easter story specifically, but we celebrate the Easter story every single Sunday. That's why we have church on Sundays in the first place. We know the central place of the resurrection in our lives, and we make it the central feature of our worship every single week. So, does that mean that every sermon is an Easter sermon? And that an Easter sermon should just be a regular sermon? Well, kind of. 
it's funny, uh, there's, there's definitely a subconscious urge for a preacher to make the Easter sermon like a greatest hits album. <laughs> this one's going to really blow people away. You know, save up all your best illustrations, your funniest jokes, your most tear-jerkingly emotional manipulations, and really wow the crowd on Easter Sunday. But if we're celebrating the resurrection weekly, if it really is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world and the cornerstone of everything in our lives, we should just play the greatest hits every week, right? And the Easter sermon is, well, just another sermon. Listen to St. Paul, how he talks about the resurrection in our reading this morning from the sixth chapter of Romans. Do you not know, he says, that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. He's talking about every day. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is about Easter, sure. St. Paul is talking about the resurrection, but not just the resurrection of Jesus. He's talking about your death and resurrection too. And he's just preaching a regular old sermon. Listen, he seems to be saying, you've got to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. This is an everyday thing. You have a new life in light of this, he's saying. The resurrection has changed everything. But don't forget, he says, that this is not a life that you have to figure out on your own. It's not a life that you need to create. It's a life that has been given to you. And it's been done in the most profound way possible. It's easy, I think, as humans to think of a new life as a new and improved version of our old life. Our literature is full of stories like this. The stories we like best are the ones which feature Joseph Campbell's famous hero's journey. Most simply, the story structure is laid out like this. A flawed character is called into an adventure. And along the way, this hero has helpers and a mentor who assist them as they meet challenges and temptations. And then the challenges and temptations eventually drive them to a moment, a revelation, where they realize the truth about their flaws and are transformed into a renovated version of themselves. And finally, they return to the place from which the journey began. They have come back home, but they are changed for the better 
and ready to embark on the next adventure. My apologies, I've just spoiled every novel you'll ever read for the rest of your life. This is every story we write. It's our favorite. But do you know what Campbell's hero's journey lacks? The thing that is never featured in this kind of story? The death of the hero. And yet, it is the hero's death and eventual resurrection that serves as the cornerstone of biblical Christianity. Jesus dies. And that would stop a normal story in its tracks. But this is no normal story. This is, as we call it, the greatest story ever told. A story that would seem ridiculous if it weren't true. But the tomb on that Sunday morning, was actually empty. And of course, we are talking on Easter about Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. But we are also talking about your death and resurrection. We are not talking here about a hero's journey. We are not talking about your new and improved life. Christianity is not your mentor here to help you meet the challenges and temptations of life in order to turn you into some better version of yourself. We are talking about the end of you. Listen to Paul. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism, into death. Okay, you're saying, laughing nervously, tugging on your collar and straightening your tie. Don't forget that this is Easter. I thought we did the death thing on Good Friday. This is supposed to be about new life. Good news, please. And yes, it is. This is good news. But you can't have actual new life, real new life, without the actual end of the old life first. And this particular kind of death that we're talking about here is not bad news. Now, it comes off as bad news. It makes us tug at our collars and straighten our ties because we've trained ourselves to think that we are the heroes of our journeys. The world tells us this every day. You do you. Find yourself. You can do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be. And death? Well, we don't like to think about that. Maybe, maybe for one of the helpers along the way. And probably, let's be honest, we could deal with a death for our mentor because it allows our hero to succeed on his own. But the hero doesn't die. The hero can't die. That would be bad news. But not in this story. In this story, this is good news. The death of you means that you are not accountable to save yourself. You're not on the hero's journey, a journey which inevitably ends with a one-on-one showdown with evil incarnate like Darth Vader or Voldemort or whoever. You're not the hero. 
You died back in Act 1. And what good works or heroic acts can be required of a dead man? What valorous deeds can a dead man do? None. None at all. A dead man must rely on someone else to win the fight. Another hero, a real hero. And we have just such a hero. A hero who defeated death itself, Jesus Christ, the righteous. More St. Paul. For if, he says, we have been united with Christ in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And so we have on this Easter Sunday, just another sermon. Elsewhere, notably in Colossians, Paul will beg Christians to put on Christ, to faithfully live this new life that you have been born into. But here, in the context of Jesus' death and resurrection, Paul talks about this new life in Christ as a certainty, as a gift from Jesus to you. Just another sermon, right? The commandment and the promise. Commandment, live in Christ. And promise, you are in Christ. If we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we will certainly, it is certain, that we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. And it's all held together by the empty tomb. The empty tomb is your promise of new life. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. You will see him, just as he told you. In other words, even death, cannot keep God from keeping his promise to you. He has promised you new life on account of Jesus Christ, and on account of Jesus Christ, you 
have it. It is certain. And the empty tomb is everything. It is a mighty act of an all-powerful God who is worthy of obedience and worship and praise. And it is also God using his almighty power not to destroy the disobedient, but to save them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He has been raised. He is not here. You will see him just as he told you. This resurrection changes everything. So we strive to put on Christ, but we do so secure in the knowledge that we have been in his name and on his account raised to brand new life, a perfect life of faithfulness with him. His faithfulness given to you. His life given to you. His goodness given to you. You have been united with Jesus in his death. And you will certainly be united with him in the resurrection. Jesus Christ is risen today. And that means new and everlasting life for you. Amen.